Chapter One Hundred Four of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter One Hundred Four Un Paraiso. We come to the closing act of our drama. To understand it fully, it is necessary that the setting of the stage, the mise en scene, be described with a certain degree of minuteness. The little valley plain or vallon in which we had catched ourselves was not over three hundred yards in length and of an elliptical form, but for this form it might have resembled some ancient crater scooped out of the mountain that on all sides swept upward around it the sides of this mountain trending up from the level of the plain rose not with a gentle acclivity but with precipitous abruptness at no point however did it assume the character of a cliff it might have been scaled with difficulty by a man on foot especially should he avail himself of the assistance of the trees pines and trailing junipers that grew over the steep so thickly as to conceal the greater portion of its rocky facade here and there only a bare spot might be observed a little buttress of white laminated gypsum mingled with sparking selenite while at other places a miniature torrent leaping over the rocks and dancing among the dark cedars presented a very similar appearance these little torrents splashing down to the plain formed numerous crystal rills that traversed the vallon like the branches of a silver candelabrum all united near its centre and there formed a pellucid stream that sweeping onward discharged itself through the ravine into ribadeau's pass the effect of this abundance of water had been to produce within the vallon a proportionate luxuriance of vegetation though it had not assumed the form of a forest a few handsome cottonwoods standing thinly over it were the only trees but the surface exhibited a verdure of emerald brightness enameled by many a gay corolla born to blush unseen within this sweet secluded glen along the edge of the rivulet large water plants projected their broad leaves languidly over the stream and where the little cascades came down from the rocks the flowers of beautiful orchids and other rare epiphytes were seen sparkling under the spray many of them clinging to the coniferae and thus uniting almost 
the extreme types of the botanical world. Such lovely landscape was presented to our eyes in the Bolson, into which our trapper guide had conducted us. It appeared lovely, as we first beheld it, under the blue light of dawn, but lovelier far when the sun began to tinge the summits of the Mojada mountains that encircled it, and scatter his empurbled roses on the snowy peaks of the Huatoya, just visible through the gorge. Esta un paraiso! It is paradise, exclaimed the Mexican, warming with the poetry of his race. En verdad un paraiso! Even better peopled than the paradise of old. Mira, cavalleros, continued he, behold, not one eve, but two, each, I dare say, as beautiful as the mother of mankind. As the trapper spoke, he pointed to the young girls, who, hand in hand, were returning from the stream, where they had been performing their ablutions. The spots of Allegria had disappeared from the cheeks of Marion, that now gleamed in all their crimson picturesqueness. It was for Wingrove to admire these. My own eyes were riveted upon the roseate blonde, and gazing upon her face, I could not help echoing the sentiment of the enthusiastic speaker, beautiful as the mother of mankind. Wingrove and I had been to the laboratory before them, and had succeeded to a certain extent in scouring our skins clear of the vermilion bedaubment. In the anticipation of this pleasant interview, it was natural we should seek to rescue ourselves from a disguise that the eye of woman would not look upon otherwise than with Dejo. It was natural, too, that we should desire those clasped hands to come asunder, those maiden forms to be separated from one another. Fortune was pleased to respond to our wishes. A flower hanging from the branch of a tree at that moment caught the eye of Lillian, and, dropping her sister's hand, she hastened to gather it. Marian, who cared less for flowers, did not follow her. Perhaps her inclination tempted her the other way. But one did follow the fair Lillian, unable to resist the opportunity for free converse, the only one that had offered since that first sweet interview. How my heart bounded when I beheld the blossom of the begonia, for it was that which hung drooping from the branch of the cottonwood, round which its bright leaves were amorously entwining. How it swelled with a triumphant joy when I saw those tiny fingers extend toward the sour, gently pluck it from its stem and place it upon my bosom. Talk not of bliss, if it not be this. We strayed on through the straggling trees along the banks of the stream by the edges of the little rills. We wandered around the vallon, 
and stood by the torrents that fell foaming from the rocks we mingled our voices with the waters that in low murmurings appeared to repeat the sentiment so endeared to us i think of thee and you will lilian you will always thus think of me yes edward for ever and ever was the kiss unhallowed that could seal such a promise no it was sacred down to earth's profound and up to heaven thus benighted with the sweet hallucination of love how could we dream that on earth there existed an alloy how suspect that into that smiling garden the dread serpent could ever intrude himself alas he was at that moment approaching it he was already near the place we had chosen for our temporary bivouac and where we had passed the night was at the upper extremity of the little valley and close in to the cliff we had selected this spot from the ground being a little more elevated than the general surface and in consequence drier several cottonwood trees shaded it and it was further sheltered by a number of large boulders of rock that having fallen from the cliff above lee lay near its base behind these boulders the men of our party had slept not from any idea of the greater security afforded by them but simply from a delicate motive being thus separated from the chamber occupied by our fair protégés it had never occurred to us that our place of concealment could be discovered in the night and even long after the day had risen so confident did we continue in our fancied security that we had taken no precautions neither to reconnoitre the cliffs in search of a way of retreat nor to adopt any means of defence in the event of our being assailed as far as wingrove and i were concerned i have explained this negligence for it was negligence of the most imprudent character the mexican feeling quite certain that he had succeeded in blinding our trail was perhaps less cautious than he might otherwise have been and sure shot equally trusted to his new comrade for whose still the ex-ranger had conceived an exalted opinion i could see withal that archilete was not without some apprehension he had buckled on his artificial leg the real one having become fatigued by pressing too long on the stirrup and as he hobbled over the ground i noticed that from time to time he cast inquiring glances down the valley observing these signs of impatience more than once i began to grow uneasy prudence required that even that sweet scene should be interrupted only temporality i hoped until some plan should be adopted that would render us more secure against the contingency of our being discovered 
with my fair companion i had turned away from the sweet whisperings of the cascade and was facing to the upper end of the vallum when all at once i observed a strange manoeuvre on the part of peg-leg the trapper had thrown himself flat upon the grass and with his ear placed close to the ground appeared to listen the movement was too significant not to attract the attention of everybody my companion was the only one who did not comprehend it but she observed that it had powerfully affected all the others and an ejaculation of alarm escaped her as she saw them hastening up to the place occupied by the prostrate trapper before we could arrive on the spot the man had sprung back into an erect attitude and as he stamped his timber leg with violence upon the ground he was heard to exclaim carambo camarados the curs are upon our trail wigalas el perro el perro you hear them the dog the dog the words were scarcely out of his mouth when their interpretation was given in the sound that came pealing up the valley borne upon the sighing breeze it was heard above the rushing noise of the waters easily heard and as easily understood it was the bay of a dog who ran growling along a trail its deep tone was even identified the huntress recognized it in the first note that fell upon her ear as was evidenced by her quick explanation wolf my dog wolf the speech had scarcely escaped her before the dog itself made his appearance convincing us all of his identity the animal seeing us ran no longer by the scent but with raised snout came galloping across the valley and and bounded forward to receive the caresses of his mistress we rushed to our weapons and having grasped them ran behind the boulders of rock it would have been idle to have taken to our horses if our pursuers were following the dog and guided by him they would already be near enough to intercept our retreat from the volume perhaps they were at that moment in the gorge we had but one hope and that was that the dog might be alone missing marian at the camp he might have struck upon her trail and been running upon it throughout the night this seemed scarcely probable for holt could have detained him and in all likelihood would have done so still less probable did it appear as we watched the movements of the dog himself instead of staying by marian and continuing to receive her caresses we noticed that at short intervals he ran off again making demonstration in the direction he had come as if in expectation of some one who was following at his heels the slight hope we had conceived was quickly and rudely crushed by the confirmation of this fact the voices of men echoing hoarsely through the gorge confirmed it beyond doubt 
they were our pursuers guided by the dog who little comprehended the danger he was thus conducting toward the object of his instinctive affections end of chapter one hundred four